The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. We're off and running. Hour number two of first and 12. Happy Sunday to all of you. Mitch Harper, Alex Keery. If you miss any part of the program, make sure to subscribe to the podcast feed. Just search first and 12 or go on the KSL Sports app, kslsports.com. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are available on first and 12. Alex, this is always part of the show that I just love breaking this down on, on the Big 12. It's our power rankings. I love this part of the show. The Big 12 Power Rankings Big Board. A weekly rank of all 12 programs from the elite to the bottom dwellers. Do you really love it, though? I do. Because I love Power Rankings. <laughs> I love Big Boards. You know me. I love this stuff. I know. Any rankings? We love lists. If, we're, if you're an American in 2023 and you have the Internet, you love a list. And this is one of those. So you've got yourself a... Uh, well, quite an interesting one at the top here because you had some movement. Uh, but let's start at the bottom, shall we? Because that's become kind of our thing over the last few weeks. Hey, BYU fans, feel excited. Dave Aranda is as much of a mess as as you are, but he's been doing it the whole season. So Baylor, the Baylor Bears at the very bottom of the power rankings at 14, Mitch. Uh, good call putting them there because, yeah, uh, I think BYU is is struggling certainly, but uh, but Baylor's been bad all season long. They have that that Texas State loss would set the tone. And the thing is, I've learned these week one performances against subpar teams. They tell you a lot about these because the, just don't just push it to the side. And say, oh, it's only week one. No, it tells us a lot. And we learned a lot in week one. And we continue to learn a lot about this BYU team that they're not good. They check in BYU at number 13 in the power rankings, the lowest spot they've been this season feels like they're in free fall mode. How can they respond? Oh, the next team you got coming up is Oklahoma. Good luck, BYU. This is, uh, this is they are trending backwards throughout this inaugural Big 12 season. I mean, all I can do is roll the dice and hope that, that BYU next week gets like some weird version of Oklahoma that we've seen before. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Or that BYU does a thing that a lot of teams have done, which is gone, no, we're going we're gonna to figure that out for this one week or – uh, maybe the stage is big enough for them to go, okay, now we're waking up. I mean, I don't see that happening, but, you know, it's it's certainly we've seen stranger things. I think that Oklahoma State, uh, you know, proving to everybody that UCF, uh, you know, could beat you by six touchdowns, and they were one of those teams that we didn't know why they weren't performing, but uh, there you go. Uh, next up on the list, number 12 in the Big 12, Houston. Uh, they lost the lottery of the two bad teams uh, at the bottom of the conference, and they uh, handed Cincinnati their first win of the conference season. And so there's your 12 at, at, at uh, Houston. And then there's your 11 for Cincinnati. So there you go. There's your, there's your bottom four in the, in the Big 12 this year so far. And, and Cincinnati could be a little bit of a reach at the moment. But Houston hasn't been great. I mean, their, their signature win really in Big 12 play was, well, they got the win over West Virginia. And then they got the close call against Baylor. But, you know, Cincinnati has been – somewhat competitive in games. That, that's what's been noteworthy about them. Yes, they're losing. And they've taken some blowouts, too, to Oklahoma State whatnot. 
but they've also shown some competitiveness in that. So there's something to be said as the season progresses and you get the whole kind of picture. Being competitive, I think, is noteworthy. Number 10, UCF, off, fresh off a huge win over Oklahoma State. The Knights surging. I think they've been playing some pretty good football the past few weeks, and they seem like they're on pace to maybe get to a bowl game. Mitch, they're 5-5. Five and five. Have we mentioned the 5-5 five and five teams? It's just so weird right now. Like, you look <laughs> at these teams, you look at their records, and you're kind of going, what is UCF? What are they going to be? But uh, congrats to Gus Malzahn, who, uh, you know, was looking for some sort of a bright hope because everyone was looking at him going, weren't you supposed to be the best new team in the conference? They could be bowl eligible next week after a win. And if they go 7-5 and five this season, I think overall they'd be a little bit disappointing. But in the end, it's your first, it's your first year in the uh, – in the power in the power five conference and uh to get to a bowl i think for all of these new teams and frankly you know even you look at like tcu who is on the precipice of not making a bowl uh themselves and 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 man you could be one of those teams all all right i don't want to get ahead of myself though ucf at 10 tcu at nine i mean that's one where you could look at those two teams though and i could almost put ucf ahead of tcu were it not for the fact that uh you know ucf is is two and five in conference and so uh, yeah, TCU at nine, UCF, but but certainly you could see TCU start to go the other direction. Uh, but they're the ninth ranked team in, in the power poll this week, and uh, I don't disagree with it. Number eight, Texas Tech. They've been trending up with Baron Morton back in the lineup, one two in a row. They're five and five, knocking on the doorstep of getting to a bowl game. I thought that was a a tough gritty win at Kansas, even though they had to face a, a third string freshman quarterback. You don't have any film on that guy, and I thought they showed pretty well going into a tough spot in Lawrence and Texas Tech playing some pretty good ball as of late. Uh, number nine on the list, uh, of course, as we uh, or number eight on the list, excuse me, uh, Texas Tech, uh, and then West Virginia at seven. Those are teams that I would not have expected to. Well, I think we we expected Texas Tech to be a little bit further up, maybe, but they're both, you know, had been trending up, and West Virginia. I think coming off of that win against BYU, feeling pretty, feeling themselves pretty well. Oklahoma brought them right back to earth again. It was a weird moment last night in in uh, in that game where, you know, it was because what did the final end up, Mitch? I get all the fifty fifty nine to twenty, the final mm-hmm. there for West Virginia. And I know you're there in Norman, but uh, Oklahoma, be be assured, Mitch, they are going to show up in Provo next week. And they they smell blood in the water, not just with BYU, but with the rest of the conference now. Having the losses from Kansas and Oklahoma State yesterday, they go, hey, the door's wide open for us. It definitely is. And number six, Kansas, they are trending backwards in large part because of their quarterback situation. You know, Jason Bean goes down with an injury, and it was crazy, Alex. The second quarter, his leg gets rolled up underneath him. He goes into the medical tent. A few plays later, he comes back into the game. What do you do with a banged-up quarterback who's dealing with a leg injury? Let's design a quarterback run for him, Jeez. and then he gets hurt again. Right. <laughs> uh, and then he was gone the rest of the night. And so Kansas, yeah, they lost the game to a you know Texas Tech team, which was a step back, and now they're up to three losses in league play. But their quarterback situation, if they don't have Bean, they don't have Jalen Daniels still, uh, they, they could be a team that really slides down the stretch and – they could be a, a team that ends up being seven and five, which isn't an indictment of their talent level. It's just the, the, when you don't have a quarterback that you can trust, uh, that's a big drop, and that's why Kansas sits at number six. Maybe the best five and five team in the entire country, Mitch, at number five, the Iowa State Cyclones. 
who, uh, by the way, I think that there, I think that there are a lot of folks who are looking at at this Iowa State team and they're going, yeah, five and five. Why would they be number five in your power poll? Well, it's because they're five and two in conference play. They're tied. They're one of the teams tied for second right now, and are looking at the rest of the league going, uh, oh boy, this is uh, this is wild. <laughs> like. How is this supposed to work out? And Iowa State is uh, just shocking everybody. Speaking of shocking, the most shocking loss, of course, yesterday across the conference was not that BYU loss. It was Oklahoma State who wins Bedlam the week before and then loses by six touchdowns in Orlando this week. I mean, it has to be, Mitch, just a tale of a, of a team showing up and going, boy, it's been an emotional last week for us. We kind of want to take this one off, and we think that we can against the UCF team, and they could not. They lose by 42 down there, and that's why you almost could uh, slide them down further. But, yeah, Oklahoma State is just uh, one of the more weird years across it. This is one of the best teams in the country in terms of a hot streak, right? I mean, I, I would think that would be the case, considering that they were 7-2, and two, they had uh, a bad start, and then they were just ripping wins off left and right. They were moving right up the board, uh, and, and uh, there you go. All right, number three, Kansas State on the list here again. They bounced back from their loss to Texas last week with a – Speaking of teams who blow out other teams, Kansas State has just been blowing other teams out when they're not losing this year. That they have. They've been putting the hammer down on teams not named Texas, and that's why they're a defending Big 12 champ. Kansas State's really good this year. They they are maybe New Year's Six good, but they've just had a maybe one too many losses. But K-State is – that that's a good sign too because I think this, the stigma with Big 12 teams that are not named Texas and Oklahoma – it's what you saw last yesterday against with Oklahoma State. They can't maintain continuity. They cannot maintain the success. Kansas State is actually maintaining it. They're showing up in big games. Even though they lost at Texas, they showed up and responded after a slow start. So Kansas State's a very good football team, and they're going to continue to be that going forward into the future. And then number two, the Oklahoma Sooners. You thought that they were trending backwards after last week's Bedlam loss. Well, they just worked their way back to number two. Once again, Oklahoma there uh, in that number two spot where they were you know, holding it down for quite a bit of time earlier this year. Quite scary to see them coming into Provo next week if you're BYU fans, knowing that they have to they're, – they're looking at this, Mitch, and they're like, we have to win out, and why not just pounce on a, on a BYU team who doesn't know their identity right now than go into Provo, beat them up, do what Iowa State did last night, and then uh, just show everybody else, hey, we're still Oklahoma. And then number one on the list, they escaped yesterday – and I don't know what it's going to look like with their running back injured, but Texas is still number one because they're undefeated. And in a year like this, when you are undefeated, Mitch, you got to find ways to win, and they did it yesterday against against TCU. That's your Big 12 Power Rankings here on 1st and 12. Always good stuff. You can check out the full list, too, if you missed it, on kslsports.com, in-depth breakdown on the Power Rankings every single week around the Big 12 Conference. Taking a break, we get to the Big 12 Sound Roundup, the best sound bites from coaches, players around the Big 12, right here on First and 12 on the KSL Sports Zone, KSL News Radio, and KSL Sports. Big 12 Sound Roundup. Check one, two. The best bites, cheap shots, and excuses from Saturday's post game news conferences. Uh, welcome back. It's another edition of First and 12 right here. Happy Sunday to you, or not so happy Sunday, but uh, hopefully. You're digesting that loss from uh, BYU last night at the hands of uh, Iowa State. Okay, we're here to get you through it. Uh, just kind of, this is some talk therapy right here, Mitch Harper. That's what we do on a Sunday morning. We get people through things. Let's just get it out there. 
just let your feels out into the universe and uh and there you go. So uh, let's kick things off. This is first. a safe space to enjoy a chocolate <laughs> cougar tail. Uh, if you've got multiple cougar tails, hey. I'm by worried. the way, did you? I'm worried did about you. you see? By the way, I think the chocolate one is your favorite, and you're like secretly trying to be like, oh yeah, the chocolate one's okay. I think this one's your favorite one, and I'm not real happy about it. <laughs> it was pretty good. Did you see? Speaking of sound bites, maybe a, a tweet bite. Former BYU basketball great Kyle Collins were saying. Don't do it. See that. Don't well, buy. Know, don't buy no, the listen, cougar tail. No, listen. I'm on. I'm on his side. Okay, that's bad for you. That's got trans fats in it. You know. I mean. You know how. Kyle, you know Kyle Collinsworth is like the healthiest man on planet Earth. And so when you pick, when you take a picture of a donut, he feels it in the universe. So you can't. You can't get away with this crap like that, Harper. You can't. You can't try to walk through and just pretend like Kyle Collinsworth isn't going to blast you for talking about donuts on his timeline. He's oh, like he's pre- he's preaching the gospel of clean eating, and you're out here going, "Love me another donut." <laughs> yeah, so that was a good oh, highlight. It was so I funny. saw the I saw the same thing, and I went, "Oh boy, he's gonna hear it." Uh, all right, so let's kick things off though. First, uh, if you were if you were really excited about hearing about uh, Kalani Satake's reaction to the game last night, Jake Retzlaff took the uh, took the podium right afterward. Uh, first things first on our sound roundup. Here's Jake Retzlaff. Uh, sounding off about his uh, second start, and it was not a good one against Iowa State. Jake, if you could put your finger on just one reason why things didn't go well tonight, what would it be? Well, I don't think there's – that's kind of impossible to do, and that's football for you. I mean, straight up, we got to do a lot of things better. best thing about football is that you always have another week to redeem yourself. You know, obviously you have to watch the film, recollect yourselves as a team, as an individual. You know, for you right now, where are you mentally – uh, well, yeah, you know, like like you said, we'll watch the tape. Um, obviously disappointed, um, but you know, I just it's just going to be a different type of hunger for Oklahoma. You know, getting beat like that at home is not fun in any way whatsoever, and uh, we want to perform well, especially in Lavelle. And so we're going to be really hungry this week, and hopefully, uh, I, I know a lot of guys will feel the same way I do, and we'll attack practice, you know, ready to go perform a lot better next Saturday. On the first interception, what did you kind of see and what were you kind of going for? Uh, I just kind of threw the sail route. Um, the, court, the backer got depth on me. Uh, just kind of short-armed a little bit. How hard is it uh, coming off a tough loss last week to start that way? Fumble, interception, another fumble, and all of a sudden you're down 10-0 three minutes into the game you know, or five minutes into the game. Yeah, it's tough, um, but this team is tougher. Um, you know, we did it at Arkansas, and we came out with the win. And so I don't think there's any lack of belief on our sidelines that we could do that again today. Um, obviously, we didn't, but we have that belief on the sideline. Was, was it in the game plan for you to run as much as you did? Uh, yeah, I believe so, yeah. I mean, um, that's just another part of my game. At some point, is the belief going to fold? I mean, because now three games losing streak and blowout losses – I mean, is this going to be the breaking point for this team you feel? No, I don't think so. Um, I think that our guys are mentally tougher than that. Uh, I think that, you know, is there's I don't feel our team falling apart in any way. I feel like we can, we're still, you know, in that grind mindset of, all right, that was really disappointing. Let's learn from that as best we can, and let's get on and put ourselves in a better situation next week. How close do you feel like? things are to click in his second game just 
being able to hit all those throws that you know you can make? Because I know some of them were off today. How close do you feel like you are to, to kind of making that next step to, to getting this offense really clicking? Yeah, I feel like we're not far at all. Um, I think if you ask a lot of guys that this offense, you know, we know we can move the ball up and down the field. And, um, yeah, I don't think we're far off from, from clicking and really getting huge, huge scores and huge yardage games. What needs to happen to do that? Um, I think, you know, it's important for us all to focus on our 111th. Um, we like to say that because you just, if you do your job and you do it well, we've got a good chance. If all 11 guys have that mindset, you do your job, you do it well, then we've got a really good chance to be successful. Any other questions? Uh, one more question. Um, Chase, you know, one of your primary weapons didn't have the game that both of you guys probably planned for. Now, where are some ways that you already see, based off of this performance, that you can take into Oklahoma to get Chase the ball as well as your other weapons? Uh, you know, I think that we were kind of that, you know, a little off tonight, of course, and so that kind of hinders that. And, you know, I, it's a... Uh, it's a fun little learning curve getting with the one guys, but it shouldn't be at the same time. Uh, and I think, like me and Chase, you know, we're dialed, and um, they they did, you know, they they ran a lot of drop eight, which is tough to get receivers the ball. Um, but uh, but yeah, we expect to have a bigger game than that for sure. And uh, that's what we'll, you know, our, that's our mindset going forward. That's Jake Retzlaff. It was a tough, tough performance for Jake. I think any thought about him being the starting quarterback the rest of the way, maybe the book was closed shut on that thought if Keaton Slovis is healthy to go this upcoming week against Oklahoma because it just seemed like Jake Retzlaff was lost back there. But the O-line, we talked about it earlier, Alex. They, they played a little bit better than weeks past, but still, you know, Jake was, was kind of struggling, and, and the turnovers did not help at all, and – it was just a difficult night for him and this entire BYU offense. Well, and, you know, the the interesting thing was, too, I, I love the Internet. I love Twitter because last night, by halftime, people were putting out, you owe, you owe Keaton Slovis an apology, <laughs> BYU Nation. And then by the end of the game, did you see that there was a Keaton Slovis form apology like there was like a there was a graphic that you could actually just go through and check the box of what you were sorry for it had his picture at the top and you could uh, you could go through and make it official with an apology to Keaton Slovis well look that's just where people are we try to get to those things through some humor but it is a weird spot to be in because the because you and I were both kind of like yeah if Retzlaff gives you any chance in these games then Maybe Keaton Slovis doesn't even see the field the rest of the way, and I've changed my tune on that already after this one. All right, the Big 12 game of the week, of course, for us at least, was uh, that Oklahoma State and UCF win. And John Rice Plumby, the quarterback for uh, UCF, shows up at the podium with a big smile on his face in those powder blue Space U uniforms and uh, talks about that win against one of the hottest teams in the entire country. Super, super exciting. Um, you know, it's a huge win. Uh, I mean, that – that's the team that, that we've been wanting to show all year, right? That's who we are. That's that's who we are as, as a team, and um, we got to put it on display tonight, and I'm glad that we did. Um, it was on the bucket list for me to, to play in a game where the fans store on the field so I can check that one off. Uh, Man, Night Nation really showed up today. Um, unbelievable. I mean, they answered the bell. We, we, uh, I, I posted a, a picture earlier in the week on Instagram. Hey, everybody come out, be loud, be proud, man. And they were. Um, unbelievable showing by Night Nation. Um, and it's always fun when, when you're, when you're all clicking on all cylinders like that. John Rice, you guys, uh, RJ Harvey, again, another big performance tonight. What, what impresses you the most? I mean, is, is it something every week that just kind of stands out about it? I mean, he's, he's unbelievable. Um, 
huge part of this offense, right? Good for UCF to actually show up in a uniform, special uniform game. I'm a big fan of Space U, and I'm a big span, fan of John Reese Plumley when he's playing at a high level. I mean, this guy's good. It's just you know, it's a mixed bag of what you're going to get week in, week out with him because bad John Rice Plumley, he's throwing a lot of picks. Good John Rice Plumley, you're seeing what happened yesterday where he torched uh you know Oak, Oklahoma State they was all over the place on the ground and and through the air you know UCF just it was a perfect game a complete 60 minutes for them and Plumley was the one leading the charge for the Knights as they get a big win in Big 12 play all right so there you go there's your sound roundup uh from across this one I know it may have felt a little bit depressing but you had to hear what BYU's quarterback was going to say about it so there you go let's uh take the break here we'll cut by the way the black jerseys and the and the chocolate cougar tail donut. That combo can never be played again. By the way, right? Don't yeah, they retire that combo just of those shoot jerseys? Shoot that off into the sun. Just shoot it off into the sun. You got to come up with a new flavor of the cougar tail for and, people to get excited about. And I was feeling so good when they said they were rolling out a space decal on the BYU helmet. I'm like, yes, BYU's getting into the space wars. UCF's a space <laughs> team. Houston's a space team. Now BYU's a space team. Let's go. Didn't work out. Well, uh, I did have a, a suggestion last night. It was like, why aren't they filling these with custard to really make the BYU <laughs> fans go into a food coma? Uh, Kyle well, Collins were scared of them. <laughs> we'll take the break here. It's first and 12 right here on a Sunday morning. Mitch Harper, Alex Curie, we'll come back. We'll go through uh, our whip around, of course, across the Rocky Mountain region, our four-corner whip around, the other teams across the conference and what they were doing, the ones who were entering the conference. Uh, man. How about ASU all over the dang place? We'll talk about that coming up next right here, first and 12. The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome on in to First and 12. Hope you're having a fantastic Sunday morning. Mitch Harper, Alex Carey. You can listen to Alex every single weekday on JJ and Alex on the KSL Sports Zone, 97.5 FM. You can listen to me on Cougar Sports Saturday here on KSL News Radio and, and also Cougar Nation Mondays uh, tomorrow, 6 to 7. We'll be taking your phone calls, Cougar Nation. Sound off. It's, it's a therapy session. This is a little bit of a therapy session oh, yeah. For today. Us, and then tomorrow, let the phone calls roll in and uh, <laughs> sound off on that BYU football loss. I keep I keep threatening it, Mitch, but I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to troll you tomorrow and Matt on Cougar Nation. I'm going to call in. <laughs> I'm going to be Craig from West Valley. And I'm going to call for everybody to be fired, including you and Matt. I'm going to go full scorched earth. Everything is just going to be like I just am going to try to 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 uh, reflect what the feeling of BYU fans are after a loss like that. I mean, the things that people say after a loss, like not. I mean, you save like you know, save it with the inappropriate stuff, right? But the things that people do, I, I can't tell you how many. I just did it for fun last night. I went on. This is a weird practice, but I was like, I want to see what the mentions are like for Tom Holmo right now on X. <laughs> and I go through, and the amount of people asking legitimately for refunds from the game last night were hilarious. Like, <laughs> like give me my money back. And then some guy actually called our post game even, too, and goes, uh, and I do, I do think that they actually should give everyone their money back in the stadium. 
stadium last night. I was like, what is this, Costco? You can't return a football game that you just went to, all right? You can't. I know you try. BYU Nation, I know you try to return everything to Costco if it's not working out. I watched a guy return a, 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 a Jelly Belly Jelly Beans jar that was two-thirds gone, and he goes, yeah, these didn't work out. That's not this, man. That's not this. All right, let's kick things off and see how the rest of the uh, conference, or who aren't in the conference yet, but how the Four Corners folks did yesterday and uh, how they're faring here. It's our Four Corners Whip Around. Let's do it. The Four Corners Whip Around. Whip Around. We check on future Big 12 opponents and rivals from the Four Corners. Montlake had quite the game. Utah mm. and Washington. Nationally ranked game in Utah, they gave Washington everything they could handle, but the offense just went completely sideways for Utah in the second half. Utah falls to undefeated Washington, 35-28, to but I think everyone comes away from that game thinking that Utah showed pretty well despite oh, yeah. their limited personnel against the Huskies. Well, I mean, I, put, I tweeted it out in the first half. I X'd it out in the first half, which was uh, Bryson Barnes out Penixed Michael Penix in the first half. It was crazy to see the pig yeah. farmer doing that. And what was wild, Mitch, is that Washington did not make some crazy defensive adjustments in the second half. Utah, Andy Ludwig just inexplicably went away from what was working, it seemed like. And so, uh, and then Washington just owned the time of possession, which is something that usually Utah was, uh, you know, could kind of ground and pound and and sort of hold that ball. But, man, I'm telling you, it was a a weird second half. And, yeah, Roma Dunze is just – I mean, that guy is so much fun. I know Michael Penix is is slinging it and everything, but Roma Dunze is just a, a man out there. 6'4", 220, catching balls like crazy. You cannot defend that dude. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Washington, they got to get through close games like that. And, and, and Utah, you felt like, man, they showed up ready to play. And then I think their coaching let them down a little bit in the second half. It did. And, you know, I thought Utah – you thought that they were going to get this win because Washington had the Kalen Clay play. They dropped the oh ball before gosh. they crossed the goal line. They had <laughs> they totally flipped the field. They get a, a defensive takeaway, and the big man's running for Washington, and then I he lets it. it go before he crosses the goal line. And it wasn't even close. It was like at the two-yard line. He no, drops no, no. the ball. He starts dropping it. I watched it so many dang times. He starts dropping it at like the four. And then the ball, <laughs> I mean, honestly, they actually did get a fortuitous bounce for Washington because if it rolls into the end zone and gets recovered in there by uh, by Mokofisi, who recovered it, it's a touchback and they go to the 25, yeah. th- then that safety doesn't happen. And, and because it was the weirdest sequence. Then on the very next play, they blow him up in the backfield and they get a, and they get a safety. It's the weirdest sequence I've seen in football all it's all season long. It was just insane. And so, But the Utes come up short, and it's a bummer because uh, – uh, you know, they, they showed up ready to play that game, and Washington seems gettable. I think the consensus is, yeah, Oregon and Washington in that Pac-12 championship game, it's going to be a rematch, and Oregon's going to blast those dudes because Washington seems to just kind of sputter a little bit against teams that are that are pretty, that are pretty good. And, uh, man, that, that, that'll be a fun Pac-12 championship game. How about Arizona State? Mitch, I am absolutely clueless on what's going on with Kenny Dillingham and his team. Because uh, a game like that against a UCLA Bruins team who is the best defense in the entire Pac-12 on paper uh, in terms of total defense, they lay an absolute egg on offense. And Arizona State gets their biggest win of the season, 
throw out that Washington State win that they had. Uh, it's this win against UCLA. Congrats to uh, to Kenny Dillingham. I think that's a signature win for them this year. It definitely is. And for the first time, Alex, Arizona State truly feels like a Big 12 team because I don't understand what they're doing <laughs> week after week now. It's a total crapshoot as to what's going to happen with, oh, the, yeah. with the Sun Devils. They could be good Arizona State. They could be bad Arizona State. They fit so perfectly suddenly in the Big 12. But, yeah, that's a great win because oh, it, yeah. it, to get 17 points – Against UCLA, that that's even impressive too because you you win a knockout rock fight with UCLA, who's been great defensively this year. Uh, that showed a little bit of competence at the Arizona State offense, which has been lacking in so many stretches this season. Arizona State's rival, Arizona, has been one of the great stories in college football this year. They're nationally ranked in the college football playoff rankings. And they edged out Colorado with a late second field goal to get the 24-21 to win, a future Big 12 matchup. Arizona is rolling, and that game next week, Utah and Arizona, that's going to be a good one down in Tucson. So Utah, we kind of put as the team who were going to be the ones who would come into the Big 12 next year as that top of the top of the conference. And I think we had Arizona pretty close in that three or four. Right now, Arizona ahead of Utah in the conference standings. They're both 7-3. and three. But Arizona's five and two in conference. Utah's four and three, and uh, man, just wild. Speaking of wild, wild ride for Coach Prime. They started out the season three and zero. Oh. They're now one and six over their past seven games. Kind of exactly what we thought Colorado was going to end up being, and that's where they are. They might not even uh, get to bowl eligibility at this rate, especially they're facing Utah. They got to figure this thing. They're facing Utah the last week of the year. I don't know if Coach Prime has a total handle on going into the because if you had an exit this last year, you're probably going to see another one a little bit this year because that culture is already established. But yeah, they got to take on Washington State up on the Palouse uh, next week, and then they have Utah at home. Uh, Utah uh, at Utah, their final game of the year. So your uh, your four teams coming in from the Pac-12, probably the most interesting week in terms of being able to look like some parity that's coming in and some teams that are actually going to be really good. I mean, you can't help but put Arizona in that top three or four in the new Big 12 for next season. Uh, all right, we'll take another break here. Is that everybody in the in the whip around there, Mitch? Do we include everyone? I don't want we to got exclude them all. Okay, we'll take that break here. We'll come back. Uh, we'll wrap things up for you next segment by rolling out what the uh, schedule is. Boy, if you did, if you like that night game for BYU, then you're gonna love the whiplash of a uh, of a time frame for this game against Oklahoma next week. Mitch Harper, Alex Keery, it is first and twelve. Stay with us. Read all the stories about BYU sports no one else has heard. Go to kslsports.com for exclusive columns by BYU insider Mitch Harper. That's kslsports.com. Final segment of your first and 12 right here with you on a Sunday morning. Also heard on KSL News Radio from 3 to 5 on Sundays as well. You can join Mitch Harper on Cougar Sports Saturday every week and on Cougar Nation tomorrow. On KSL News Radio, he and Matt Biamonte taking your calls. Uh, I'm on with JJ and Alex, uh, our program on the KSL Sports Zone, uh, every afternoon from three to six on the KSL Sports Zone. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about tomorrow, Mitch, on our show, uh, on you guys' Cougar Nation. Tons going on, of course. Hey, Jimbo Fisher is available. Turns out he got fired this morning from uh, Texas A&M. Just a, a cool seventy-five million dollars if you want to. Uh, if you want to buy that guy out. So uh, nice way to be a bad coach in, in, in the college ranks if you're at a university 
that the donors are paying $75 million to buy out your head coach if it's not working out. Just think about the disparity there, not just on the money, but just the ability to go, yeah, we don't like you anymore, you're gone. You know, and BYU does not have that luxury. I know people were saying it last night after that loss, but, man, it uh, that's not how it works uh, in Provo, and it never will work like that, I don't think. It, it it never will, and but I do think that, you know, Kalani Satake still, I feel – is is the right guy for BYU, but, man, he's got to find some answers quick because, as you see in college football, if a guy like Jimbo Fisher, who's got a national ch- championship in his background, if he can get taken down that quick, I mean, things can turn in a hurry. It was just 18 months ago, Jimbo Fisher's like, you know, we got a guy named Slice Bread telling us that we're paying all these recruits. We got a number one <laughs> class. They're just trying to bring down A&M. And that, now he's fired. That's how quick college football evolves, so – even though Kalani feels like the right guy for BYU, things can turn in a hurry. And that's why when you look ahead to next week and the final two weeks of the season, things got to turn around for BYU. And let's dive into that Week 12, Big 12 schedule, Alex, as it's another jam-packed seven-game slate in the Big 12. And you teased it in the previous segment, BYU breakfast edition cougars going to host oklahoma the sooners coming to provo for the first time ever and it's going to be a 10 a.m kickoff on abc or espn first time since 2004 byu's playing a a 10 a.m game i will tell you that uh i mean that's a weird time frame but at this point you'll take anything right right i mean i don't think there's ever uh, a moment to be able to go you don't have the luxury of going, you know, we don't like to play at that time of day. That's no, There's no such <laughs> thing at that time this this year. There's no such thing to being able to do it, and I just don't think, uh, you know, a 10 a.m. kick, you should be scared out of your britches right now, BYU fans from this Oklahoma team, because they're coming in, and they have to make, they have to hold serve here if they're going to want to end up in that, uh, in that Big 12 championship game, and they have to run through you to do it. And they know it, and they're and they're uh, kind of looking forward to and licking their chops at looking at the idea of BYU looking like they're lost right now. And so uh, there's that. I mean, I look at, I look at at whatever the thing is that you may wonder about this team. I just don't see a lot of questions being answered this next week necessarily. I I don't know, Mitch. I'm I'm not I'm not high on the idea that uh, that BYU is going to figure things out within within six days here. I'm, I, maybe you feel differently. I, I'm with you completely. The BYU's this is the worst type of opponent to face after you're in free fall. I mean, that's where you wish you would be facing Houston. You wish you'd be facing maybe another, you know, UCF or Cincinnati type game. It was nice in the, at the beginning of the, the year to say, oh, you got Texas and Oklahoma <laughs> on the schedule, but now you got to go beat them to qualify for a bowl game. That's tough sledding for BYU. If you got issues last week at night where you're supposedly the, the vampire team, Good luck at 10 a.m. where Oklahoma is actually used to these type of games. Yes, they play yes. Red River at 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain. So this is not going to be anything new to them. It's well, new to BYU. So, yeah. Well, and the, the interesting thing is too, if you're at 10 a.m. and you're playing Oklahoma, you are going to be seen by everybody. And if it's a butt kicking, yep. it is going to be seen by everybody. Uh, not that that's not new for BYU this year. They've been blown out on national TV uh, a handful of times already, and. My goodness, a 10 a.m. kick uh, for BYU in Oklahoma. You're not used to that one. Cincinnati and West Virginia, the next one up on the slate there. That's a 12:30 kick. Uh, it's going to be on ESPN Plus. Baylor at TCU. Hey, that's the that's the rivalry game you were looking for between two teams who have kind of nothing to play for right now. I guess for your TCU, could still get bowl eligible. 
it's a protected rivalry in the future in the Big 12. And right now, it, this week, it ends up in Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. Oklahoma State at Houston, 2 p.m. ESPN2. Interesting spot to see how the Pokes respond after a disappointing loss at the bounce house. They go to H-Town to try to lick their wounds and get back on track. They got to they got to get that one because uh, they got they still have a chance to be in that Big 12 championship race. Speaking of UCF, they host or they're on the road, excuse me, at Texas Tech 3 p.m. on FS2. Yikes. <laughs> I love how you I love how you said FS2 with like uh, a bad taste in your mouth. I like yikes. Yikes. <laughs> that's my you don't see many games in the in the Power 5 Ooh. end up on FS2. It's like that's hey. it's not a not a not the greatest I'd take look. That, I I would take that over uh over uh <laughs> an ESPN Plus used to be on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus. There you go. Uh the FS1 game, however, and a classy FS1 game. Uh, Kansas State versus Kansas, a nice little, uh, uh, nice little rivalry game there, ish, sort of. Uh, that's a 5 p.m. on FS1, and then uh, to wrap things up, a game that actually looks really, really good at this point. Texas going to Ames, uh, Iowa State feeling themselves after last night, I'm sure, and then licking their chops about the idea of of a little bit of a of a down and injured Texas team who's looking to get to that college football playoff. That's going to be on the Big Fox. Is that good enough for you, Mitch? If uh, if they're on the Big Fox. <laughs> That is good enough for me. And <laughs> Ames at night, they've killed dreams for teams. Remember back in, what was it, 2011 when Oklahoma State was undefeated? They rolled into Ames and lost. Iowa State, that's always a tricky place. And I got to imagine Jack Trice Stadium is going to be just sold out, last chance to play Texas. Because you know Texas is never going to schedule Iowa State again no, when they go no. to the SEC. So this is the last crack at the Longhorns and Cyclones. I think they're going to be ready. I mean, I, I thought West Virginia was going to be ready against Oklahoma, but that was on the road. Teams in this Big 12, we have learned that if you're the home team, unless you're BYU, you're going to have a chance. You're going to be competitive in these games. Even BYU. I mean, BYU was 4-1 and one this year in home games, so home venues matter in the Big 12 Conference. So maybe Iowa State could spring the upset. Uh, boy, I just saw some weird – you want to hear some weird uh... – uh, wire, you know, all all of the fun, you know, rumors that are going on this morning. We might as well get into it. A picture of Kyle Whittingham and what Texas A&M message boards are hoping is going to happen uh, for the uh, new hire for the coach at Texas A&M. Could you imagine bringing in a defensive wow. coach at Texas A&M? <laughs> hey. and, and just the idea of Coach Witt and the rumor of that, hey, wild, wild stuff we're living Texas in Texas A&M would be well served to have Kyle Whittingham as their head coach. Yeah, no. And you no, wonder if you wonder if Wit would want one last crack at something else because I, I gotta imagine he doesn't. I don't know how. I don't know his real temperature on the Big Twelve move. I, he hasn't really shared that much. He just kind of defaults to we're focused on the season. We'll focus on that down the road. But you kind of wonder. I mean, if they threw what an eighty million dollar contract his way. Oh my goodness. I, yeah, I mean, how could you refuse at the highest level in the SEC? <clears throat> Yeah, it, the thing is, is I just down. don't know if I just don't know if he wants to. Like, would you want yeah. to inherit uh, a bizarre situation? You're not familiar with the culture they're running there. You would try to establish sure. yours, and they'd be like, "That's not how we do things down here." And it's just, it's a, it is a situation that is a lose lose for everybody 
And uh, College Station is cursed, man, I'm telling you. All right, yeah. uh, Mitch Harper, Alex Curie, it's your first and 12 every Sunday morning right here with you on KSL News Radio and on the KSL Sports Zone. Uh, Mitch Harper, Alex Curie, like I said. Our producer, Eric, phenomenal job as always, uh, as he does every here week with us, and it's nice to be uh, – flexible to our weird hours as uh as BYU has these weird t- game times and we have early early morning sometimes and uh late late night so there you go uh Mitch fun one again this week man thanks for hanging out again it's always a pleasure Alex it's, I love this show and hopefully all the Big 12 fans out there are appreciating the content every single week I know we're loving doing this show every single week 10 a.m to noon and we'll be back next week to recap BYU Oklahoma and all the latest around Big 12 football talk to you next week folks